Finally, the last episode of this season. How does it feel? Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. Though it's just the beginning, but yeah, it couldn't have been better. In the starting, it was kind of like navigating uncharted territories. But now, I think I've got an eagle's eye view of this emerging field of design and podcasting. Yes, it's really great for sure. This decade will certainly be one of the most exciting times to be alive for sure. How optimistic do you think you are on a scale of 1 to 10? With 1 being the lowest, I'll be 20. Optimism is kind of like ingrained in my soul. What about you? I'd say 10. Realistic optimism. Ah, that's nice as well. So, in this episode we have on board with us Megan Yulga from Singapore. Currently writing a book on snuggling, a very underrated form of intimacy. She is the most energetic and witty person one can talk to. A big fan of funny inventions such as Megan Melt. More on that in the episode. She is known for scaling teams. We are very excited to welcome Megan Yulga on the show. Currently, the head of marketing at Tiger Hall, she specializes in growth marketing and building brands. Welcome to 9 Degrees Exploring New Angles. Hey Megan, very excited to talk to you. So, how are you doing currently and where are you staying? Hi Keshav, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing really good. It's Saturday. It's bright and sunny out. I'm I'm currently sitting in Singapore right now. Yeah. I'm originally from Minnesota in the United States, but I've been living here in Singapore for 9 years. So, getting used to the heat and the torrential rains. You should have seen the rain today. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those times when you feel like today's Megan melt, right? So, yeah. Yeah, Megan Melt Day is um so on Saturdays typically I just uh, shut off my phone and I don't do anything and I you know if I want to sit and watch TV I'll sit and watch TV if I want to take a nap at 3 o'clock I'll take a nap and it's just kind of my way of decompressing from being a power woman all week you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, That that's so cool I think everyone should have kind of like something that if not a day then some hours in the day okay yeah Yeah, you so have no, to carve out time for mental health, right? Yeah, exactly. So now let's start from where it all began, the year 2008 when little Megan was trying to figure out life and had just begun to explore graphic design at Drake University. So how would you describe those 4 years? Oh, Drake University. So Drake University is a really small private college in Iowa and yeah. um in Des Moines, Iowa. And um I'm come from a town of 500 people uh called Frontenac and then I went to school with a town of only 5000 people. So I was I was used to really like small town environments, you know, the same people. There's a certain comfort to having people around that you've had your whole life, right? And I think college for me was stepping outside that bubble and it was really a place of exploration. Um and I think that it's really college really inspired me to live abroad and it's really opened up my mind and you know where when I grew up I didn't have a lot of diversity. I went when I went to college I now could explore different topics to learn. I was meeting people from all over and I think you know Drake University was really one of those experiences where it allowed me to explore 
and it allowed me to try lots of different majors. I originally went in with a pre-law degree and a journalism degree, mm. and I came out with graphic design and creative <laughs> advertising, and I yeah. also had a bunch of like minors, and I studied politics in Egypt, and I was in a sorority. It was just like... It was one of those like just very all-inclusive, very social, very fun times in my life, full of discovery. Mm, that's great. What's the most exciting thing to that you did there at Drake University? What's the most exciting thing? Oh, yeah. you know, I would have to say that it was studying abroad in Egypt. Um, okay. It was like a really powerful moment for me. I mean, I I grew up really middle class. You know, we yeah. were kind of just like always, you know, we were never super rich, but we were never like poor. I, I didn't want for anything, um, yeah. but we had never traveled. Um, many Americans actually don't have passports. I, I can't remember the stat. And if I throw out a number, it's, it's going to be wrong. But I, one time I heard that like only 40 to 50 percent of Americans had a passport and Ooh. I can believe it. Yeah, when you go on vacations and stuff, you really just kind of drive to another state or, you know, go visit relatives or something or maybe go to Mexico or something like that. So the fact that I got to go study abroad in Egypt, like really blew my whole perception of the world completely out of the water. I mean, I never left the United States until I was like 20, I think I was. And yeah. it, it just, it, it was wonderful. It was just a wonderful cultural experience that re- was really humbling. And I think I came back from that experience just, I don't know, so much more enriched by the diversity that I, I had come to accept, you know? Yeah. So what was the purpose of the visit to Egypt? So it was actually part of an honors program that I was a part of. Um, And honestly, the honors program at Drake was like a really cool experience. Like you, you really just got to explore topics that interested you. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a major where you had to like stick within a, a, a zone of topics, right? Like you were free to kind of explore. One of my classes was the Beatles and we just sat and listened to the Beatles songs and like talked that, about how it felt. <laughs> yeah, that that's so cool. <laughs> I know, right? I gotta yeah. tell you what, these, these liberal colleges in the US, they, they really do allow you to explore and you have that freedom of creativity. And, and really the trip to Egypt was no different. Um, we, it was right after um, uh, Mubarak, who was the leader at the time, was ousted. And actually there was like a coup in the government and the military was in power um, at the time. I think this was 2011. And um, we were one of the first students to enter the country. And Mm. we had like escorts around and we got to actually meet with the Waft Party, the Muslim Brotherhood. And we got to like really understand their perspective about the whole situation. And and we were on the news at one point. Like it it was like (laughs) absolutely crazy. It was. It was like one of those things out of like a movie because they were they were like they really rely on tourism and we were the first batch of like people to really come into the country and um don't get me wrong like we were studying but at the same time it was like a big trip and we got to see all the cool tombs and the you know the pyramids and oh my gosh we got to see mummies that had like hair and teeth still on and the art you should have seen the artwork in these tombs like you would go under the ground and then you would see like this 
enclosed tomb that you would never have suspected that was there. And then you would go and there would be just this stunning artwork and details on the wall. And the colors were so vibrant. I think that really struck a chord with me. It was just incredible. Yeah. So I think the trip to Egypt was when you were in Drake University or after that? It was in Drake University. It was my junior year. So was it was it one of the reasons you switched your major? No, actually it wasn't. Um, okay. I switched my major kind of earlier on. Um, it was always my dream to be like Katie Couric. Do you know who Katie Couric is? No, I've, I've not heard. Uh, she's a very famous news anchor um, okay. in the US. And oh. uh, I just like always loved... I just always thought it was so cool to like share what was going on with the world. It was always fascinating to me to like really, you know, be that pivotal um, anchor who is describing the day to day of the world. I, I find the world and, and people fascinating and I, I, I've always wanted to do that. Um, so that's what yeah. I really wanted to be when I first started. Um, yeah. But then I took I took some some art classes and I fell in love. I absolutely, my heart was so much more into it. And so I switched. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 180 degree turn. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in my parents, I went into university thinking I was going to be like a lawyer slash journalist, rule the world, boss, babe, you know? <laughs> and then I, I had to go to my, my parents and be like, I'm going to do graphic design now, you know? <laughs> and, um, I, I gotta give them credit. I think my dad was like, Oh, come on. But at the end of the day, like th- they know I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And they're, they had no choice to support me. And they have, you know, they have always. Yeah. It was like, now I'll follow Tinker Hatfield and not Katie Couric. Uh, <laughs> no, something like that. I think, you know, I think for me and for my parents, I think we've always known collectively without saying it to each other, but I've always carved my own path. I've always been kind of like, I'm going to do me, you know? Um, and I think that um, that has been a realization that I didn't even realize was happening in the background until, you know, maybe my self-awareness later on in life, like while I've been here in Singapore, but um, I think my parents have always known (laughs) deep down in their heart. (laughs) Yeah, It's a very good thing that this happens. You will, you don't have to explain your decision then. That's, that's one of the best things. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that's quite freeing. And you know, the more that, the more that I'm abroad, like, uh, so my, my boyfriend's from Pakistan actually. And, uh, yeah. And it's really fun to talk about the differences and like how our parents raised us. And one thing I have to say is like growing up in the U S I think that there's just a lot of openness and there's definitely not a lot of openness in other places, but where I grew up, I always felt safe enough to come to my parents with hard stuff and talk about the icky stuff, you know, without fear yeah. of judgment. I mean, I definitely had that fear of judgment as well, but um, it felt a little bit more safer than some of my other um, friends or my partner, you know, maybe maybe have felt in their life. It's yeah. been quite interesting to see that, <clears throat> that difference. I think Elon Musk also said that U.S. is the land of opportunity and that he has achieved so much. He wouldn't have been able to achieve that if he he would be in another country. So he said this thing, which is what I think we can also relate to in your story. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure, though. I think that, you know, while I agree with that to a certain extent, I think that like we, we can all achieve anything that we want to achieve. 
And I think that like, I'm actually in a company right now, Tiger Hall. Um, And the mission of the company is that we want to help people. We want to be a tool for people to succeed no matter where they come from or their circumstance in life. Right. And I do truly believe that like you, you hear all these stories of people who just all of a sudden one day they're super famous. You know, like think of like Cobby Lame on TikTok. He's that gentleman who just is like super. Do you know who I'm talking about? Cobby Lame? It's no, no, I don't know. Uh, you'll have to look him up. He is the, yeah. I think he's like the most followed TikToker. Um, and I can't oh. remember what country he's from, but it basically happened overnight, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think that the lesson or the point that I'm trying to say is that like, I don't, I don't think that anyone should feel, oh, because I was born in India or Singapore or Malaysia or Sweden or whatever, that like yeah. you, you can't do whatever it is that you want to do. You can. It's just a matter of how bad you want it. You know, the Elon Musks of the world, you have to give it to him. He is uncompromising in his vision for himself. Think yeah, also Elon, much, yeah, also yeah. Elon Musk was also not born in the U.S., right? So that's also one of those things. Yeah, he you came, know, he's taking he migrated. advantage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's found his way to deal with that environment that it suits him, and he's uncompromising yeah. in that vision. That's why he's winning. Exactly, insanity. You know, anyone, absolutely anyone can do that, though, and I think that that's the point. Yeah, that's right. So you know, in your sophomore year, you co-founded Giraffe Creative, an advertising agency, which was, I think, your first step into marketing. So what was that yeah. experience like, starting your own firm? You know, I, I can't do, can't take too much credit for actually starting it. It was this gentleman named John McDonald. Um, he was Ooh. also in, 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 in advertising uh, yeah. courses with me. And, you know, we became buddies and all that good stuff yeah. with a couple of students. And, and really, he approached me about being the creative director for okay. that. And, and, you know, like, I think for me, that was... Um, a really fascinating experience because actually that was my only time outside of interning at an agency. And okay. and I think that time kind of, uh, it enlightened me. It gave me a sense of assertiveness and confidence because, you know, yeah. we went and met with clients. I mean, we, I, we, we totally branded a burrito a shop. There was like this like Ooh. random, random burrito shop that we, I think it was called bandit burrito. And yeah. like, just like fun projects like this, you know, and we really, we didn't have, we were our own bosses. And that was the first time that that really ever yeah. happened in my life. And that just gave me a lot of like, I don't know, like the balls to try things, if that makes any sense, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. phrase. But yeah. but at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just gave me that like, oh, I, I don't have to like win my boss's approval. I can do whatever yeah. the fuck feels good for this brand, yeah. you know? Like, that was like a really cool experience. And I think I took that kind of like fierce attitude with me later on in my career. Uh, that's right. I think in case someone wants to start his own firm or kind of like want to uh, want to be the boss of himself, he should uh, keep in mind that in case uh, one can manage himself very well, that's when he can realize that he can he's he's able to start his own firm. So managing one's one's own self is like at the top priority if someone wants to be an entrepreneur. So that's yeah, what, and you know, what my yeah yeah. I was just thinking that the the skills in order to manage yourself to your point would be self-awareness. I think self-awareness is something that like collectively as a human race is really starting to come at the forefront, right? Like you have all these talks about 
mental health and in honestly like going and seeing a therapist or going and seeing a career coach really all those things do is it helps you as a person unpack yeah. how you are in the world and what you want to be it's not what other people want you to be it's not about it's like what things trigger you what things stress you out what things make you happy and that self-awareness you know, is to me, I think the critical part about if you do want to go on your own and be that, you know, self, self-sufficient, self-reliant uh, entrepreneur, you, you really have to, to be able to take feedback and to be critical on yourself as well. And it's a very humbling process, I think. Yeah, there's a movie kind of like related to this as well, Fight Club. Uh, so it's a really great movie in, in case you have, you have not seen it. Any okay, of the listeners. You- You yeah. don't even give me credit. Fight Club's awesome. But yeah. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, though, the number one rule about Fight Club is that you don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I sincerely apologize for the same. <laughs> <laughs> you broke the rule. <laughs> yeah. So also you also broke the rule in a way. True, true. Yeah. We, we both call ourselves out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, after Drake, you started freelancing where you worked across different roles. So kind of like as a jack of all trades. So was it at this point that you were clear that you'll be aiming for a career in marketing? That's such a good question. Um, and, I'm, you know, I don't think I ever really truly knew exactly what I was going to do. I think that like freelancing for me was a way of like staying in the industry and networking. Um, like I did a lot of networking early on. And I think yeah. part of it wasn't, I didn't really have an end game. I think for me, it was more of like, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I just tried a bunch of things like, Um, I, I'm kind of like wherever the wind blows me, I'm very in the moment and what feels good. And, and, and I think freelancing was, it was a sense of control that I could have because they didn't have like a full-time job yet. I, you know, getting out of college, I really struggled having a job. I felt kind of like duped. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that like, you know, like you, you prepare for this, you study, you give four years or more. I mean, you just hustle yeah. your ass off, you know, and then all of a sudden they dump you into the real world. And, you know, to a certain extent, I didn't feel prepared. I, I felt yeah. like I should have been a little bit more logical in finding internships or I, I, I felt a little naive <laughs> and I did it to myself. Yeah. So I can't really blame anyone. But and I think I think freelancing was just that middle ground period for me that allowed me to explore, you know. Yeah, I think also that you mentioned the, uh, networking early on in your career. So I think when we are starting out, uh, there are only three things that we have control over. So time, money and networking. And then we are as we are beginning uh, money, we don't have money as much as we have time. So we can leverage our time in network to, you know, propel our career upwards. That's one of the things I've realized. Yeah, I definitely think there's some truth to it. Um, yeah. Unlike, like, I've been in Singapore now, like I said, for nine years, right? And, and honestly, like my entire professional career has been here. Uh, I think if I were to go back to the U.S. now, it would be a bit of a culture shock because I don't have any network. My entire network has been here and um, yeah. I've. I formed like a pretty special community, you know, that mm, I feel yeah. we support each other and also like collaborate on some really fun projects. So yeah. your network, your network is, is absolutely critical. It is. Yeah. So uh, in case anyone who is, who is a beginner and listening to this conversation right now. So uh, what I have learned is that one very important quote is that who you know is more important than what you know. 
so in case uh, for example in case someone is a beginner and he does not know anything but he knows all the people who do who are doing that stuff so that's like a very good position to be in uh, in my yeah. point of view yeah i think yeah. you know there's there's only one, this is my two cents on that comment as well is like there's only one thing that i know for sure for certain and it's that you don't know everything you're never going to know everything yeah, you know i think true. that i think that the world is chaos uh, <laughs> yeah i think that the, the minute you accept that humbling realization i think it kind of sets you free that's true i was also reading uh, the other day the theory of chaos and it was like reminding me of fractals and all those stuff which is very <laughs> cool by the way in case you have you have not explored it so i haven't no I it's it very yeah yeah you should so you know you were an asia marketing coordinator at pm group so how will you describe your time there oh i love talking about this because it's kind of uh, the most random it's the most random experience in my playbook oh. um but actually so my parents they went they were kind of empty nesters so my brother and i were both in uni and yeah. they were kind of like let's have an adventure and my dad <laughs> got a job in asia yeah. uh he he actually got a job in singapore and they were here for 4 years and so oh. it's not like i grew up here like i wasn't an expat kid or anything but we came yeah. you know a couple times to visit for christmas and over yeah. school holidays and stuff like that so that was really fun and um i was here after i graduated for, from uni yeah and you know they had a group of friends here and we were out for dinner you know as you do just celebrate and have good food and uh and one of them was the managing director at this pm group and Ooh. pm group is a engineering company that builds and designs food and pharmaceutical facilities uh so they're yeah. an engineering company you know i could tell you a lot about cad drawings if if anyone <laughs> knew anything about engineering i think this marketing girl could tell you way more than you think i could um but you know what they offered me a job and i i canceled my ticket home and i ended up staying and you know the rest is history but i think you know what that experience really gave me was yeah. access to being abroad to different cultures and it really cultivated in me this ability to go and travel i got to go to india i got to go to travel to bangalore with this job i got yeah. to go to china malaysia i had never done that before i'm a small town girl from minnesota you know <laughs> kind of like you yeah. know and so this was this oh this blew my world wide open you know i had only really been to singapore and um egypt before that so it was just kind of like oh you want to You want to see the rest of the world? Here you go. So I'm very grateful for that experience. But uh, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not super passionate about engineering, right? So it was yeah. it was kind of like an intro to marketing for me, uh, at least from yeah. a B2B side, and it was uh, I'm just so fond of that experience and the people that I met there and then and the things that I got to do. It was it was really special to me. Yeah. How was your time in India in Bangalore? Oh, you know, I got to tell you what, everyone, I I'm not sure if it was a for if it was because I was a foreigner or okay. what it was, but everyone was so delightful to me. Like, Ooh. I cannot even tell you how wonderful people were. I was there over Thanksgiving 
uh, over a work trip and they like got me presents they got me a cake they always took me out and wanted to help me um yeah. uh try new food and take me to the markets and you know everyone was just so kind and friendly and warm i had the best time and i love indian food by the way i love everything <laughs> that i eat. and and i tell you what i might be from minnesota but i can take spicy and i've dared people to try to test Ooh. me and they have and i've always passed <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, big talking now. Don't, yeah. don't, don't test me now in the future. <laughs> yeah, here's Megan. Don't test me. <laughs> that that's so cool. So you know, in the upcoming decade, how do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? Oh, this is such a good question, by the way, Kashab. Yeah. I think that this one is. You know, I think that. Because with the uh, so recently, Facebook has announced that it's going to change its name, and. also that metaverse is also coming up and so because we'll be more exploring extended reality to a certain extent with ar and vr and all that stuff so i think marketing will be very different from what we are experiencing it currently just my opinion on that yeah so i just want to say if there's any marketers listening to your podcast i think that like you rock this is a super <laughs> like i just want to give everyone a shout out because this industry i don't think we get enough credit like i think marketers sometimes get a bad rap but i tell you what i've met some of the most intelligent brave yeah. people in marketing and the the future is i mean this crazy not only do you have to keep up with all the algorithms and all the new platforms yeah. it's no longer just facebook and instagram anymore you got youtube yeah. tiktok now donald trump wants to have truth social and <laughs> there's this metaverse and it, you know what i mean and 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 i think especially at a consumer marketing layer you yeah. got to know your shit you got to understand the difference between creative and yeah. playing on data and tracking and all these different tools you have to know and they're changing freaking fast on you and it's it's hard to keep up and if i'm being really honest people on people are starting to figure out the bullshit like yeah think about i mean these billionaires own these platforms and we would be fools we would be absolutely fools not to recognize that they are pulling strings here and there and we'll never yeah. know it all we never will yeah. and i think that you know what's really going to win in the world of marketing is authenticity and it's actually yeah. the hardest freaking thing to do and you're seeing brands try to tackle this through content You have a bunch yeah. of brands coming out with Netflix shows and docu series. Even even celebrities like musicians are creating their own Netflix series so that they can control the narrative around themselves. It's all about how you control what people see. Yeah. Right? And and I think that right now and I'm very passionate about this one, but every single brand in the world, it doesn't matter what your product is, you're fighting for time. You're fighting for people's time. right yeah. have you ever heard that netflix's brand enemy is sleep did you know that oh, no no i didn't they're know fighting, that they're fighting they're fighting against your sleep they're not fighting against yeah. the other networks they're fighting against you going to bed that's their yeah. enemy hmm. and when you think about it that way all the other platforms are actually doing the same thing how long can i keep you on facebook how long can i keep you on instagram on whatsapp on linkedin or whatever it is right And so this is why authenticity is going to win because it's going to actually capture more authentic attention because people are going to get sick of the bullshit. 
And that's where I really think marketing is going. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, I think time and money are the two most important currencies that we have in the world. And in case, yeah. uh, in case you're getting a service or product for free, so in case you're you're not spending any money for it, that's where your time is going. So, yeah. And also, you mentioned the fact that marketers do not get a good reputation. So I would like to also say something in this regard. That Ooh. in case, yeah. So in case a product or service is very, very, very good. So what marketing does is that uh, no one will know about that it exists or not without marketing. So no matter how good your product or service is, it's it needs marketing to you know get out in the world and so that people can know that it exists in the first place. It makes so, marketers powerful, doesn't it? Because yeah. how you frame the brand and the things you choose to do acting upon this brand is actually a very powerful place to be. And it reverberates throughout the company. I think marketers um, are the silent heroes and, and, and villains, <laughs> depending yeah. on how you look at it, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're depending really the ones on pulling the strings. Light and dark UX, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't have, you, you, you got to have both, but you can't have too much of either one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so true. So, you know, how, how will you describe your five years at circle.life and in what ways did that journey transform you? I think it was the biggest time you spent at a firm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know what Circle's Life is, it's a, like a startup underground telco here in Singapore. Okay. And I had the opportunity to join as one of the earliest employees, I, I don't remember my number, but it was like between 15 and 20. I was like number that 15, 20. And yeah. I've had the opportunity to see and grow the brand from literally the name to the logo, to the colors and everything in between from yeah. CRM, PR, brand building, campaign marketing, website, social, like just I, I even got to help out with UI UX and product design. And I, I, it was kind of like a master's degree is the best way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I honestly feel so grateful for my time at Circles Life, not only from a cultural standpoint, but from a personal growth and opportunity standpoint. Like, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I've left the company, but I have nothing but love for them. Uh, and I, I'm really proud of the work that I did there. And I have, yeah, yeah I, I just have nothing but fondness towards that experience and what it's given me personally. It's meant a lot. Yeah, that that's a great thing to say for for sure. So you know, you have been to ten countries, I, I think, till now, if I have counted correctly. So which means you have explored a lot of different cultures. So how important do you think that uh, experiencing different cultures in this hyper connected world is for you? Yeah. So I've actually been to many more. Uh, I've okay. done a lot of traveling because Singapore, it's like a two hour flight here, two hour flight there. You can be almost uh, anywhere like in the region. So I've, I've been to a lot, and, and, but I like the question and I like the genesis. And I think that like, for me, growing up with no diversity or, I mean, there was definitely some diversity, but I, I tell you what, it's not the norm, right? And, and like, it, I, I love that I grew up in the U.S. I think that like the U.S. is so creative and people are so warm. Like you really just don't see on the news and on TV and stuff how amazing people really are, especially like in my neck of the words, like the, the Minnesota doesn't get that much coverage, you know, um, people are just so amazing. But I think that 
bursting my bubble and meeting other cultures, it was like I was awakened. It was kind of like yeah. I could take a step back and not have this like, I'm American, land of the free. <laughs> like, you know, it's, 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 it's intense. It's intense. Yeah. And then when you get out of it and you meet so many amazing people from all over the world, it's very humbling. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, it doesn't mean that like, you know, we're bad or you're good or any of that. None of that is what I mean. I, I think for me, it was really a path of self-discovery and absorbing people and cultures and food. And I'm not done yet. I'm going to keep yeah. going, but I've been really enjoying the journey and, and it's forever changed my heart. I think. Yeah. I think I read a book. Uh, that's my favorite book. Shoe dog by Phil Knight. I quote it every day, every time. So there was a <laughs> quote in that book by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And he said that, how can I leave my mark on the world unless I get out there and first see it? So yeah. that's, that's a very powerful quote. And yeah. I, um, I get it. I think that's a great quote to point out because, yeah. you know, you on the social networks and on TV, like everyone's shouting, I'm right, I'm right. No, I'm right. You know, and yeah. at the end of the day, everyone's right. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter where you're from. You all have your own experiences, your own feelings. It all matters. And, yeah. and I think that like for me, being abroad has been great for me, especially over COVID. I mean, I've been stuck on this tiny little island. We haven't been able to leave for two years. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's been really interesting to see how like another country, not my own, has been handling the situation and then watching mm. my country on the news from the outside. And I think that like, you know, for me, it's just, it's fascinating from a social experiment standpoint yeah. to be kind of multicultural and just watch all of yeah. these emotions flinging around. You know, everyone is so emotional. It doesn't matter what country you're from. What does that mean? It just means that we're all human. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter who's right. Let's just all listen to each other. Mm -hmm. I think Singapore was one of the best countries to handle COVID in case, as, as I remember correctly. You know what? Nobody is a saint. Every, every yeah. single country has had their moments. And I think that that's, yeah. that's the biggest point. You know, some, yeah. every country has done some things well. Uh, and every country has done some things that, you know, maybe could have gone better. There, no one has escaped it. it it's hit everyone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. So, you know, you're writing a book on snuggling, which is so, so, so cool. So <laughs> could, you, could you tell me more about the book and how did this idea come to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always feel a little vulnerable talking about <laughs> snuggling. You know, like whenever yeah. I tell people I'm writing a book on snuggling with my partner, they're like snuggling. Yeah. They never, they never see it coming. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that uh, I think I'm a firm believer of not saying you're doing something and getting credit for it without having done it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if people are like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then they, then everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. And then they never actually do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hypocrites. I think this book, yeah. Yeah. And this book is like one of those things that was like really important to me that I, I make sure I finish. Um, yeah. And I think that's why I started by saying it's a very vulnerable thing for me. Um, yeah. Because it's not like, it's not one of those topics that you sit and talk about like, oh, like, what's your snuggling like with your partner? Like, it's just, you don't, you don't sit and talk about these things with other people. Yeah, uh, so yeah. So it's been a, a, a battle for me to take on and really like overcome that vulnerability and really putting myself out there for the world, like bearing it raw for everyone to yeah. see. 
And I think that that's why I'm so open about it is because I think that that's my barrier to get through is that like, it's okay. It's okay to be yeah. vulnerable and talk about these things with other people. We should. And I think that that's the point. We yeah. should be able to have these moments of deep connection that aren't so fueled by, you know, the dramas of the day, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, that that's really, that connection is something special that I've really cultivated with my partner. And we feel like we're really onto something that, I don't know, we need to get it out of our system and share it with the world because it's nothing but love and positivity and, and that feels good to us. And I think we should, we can use a little bit more of that, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. It's a very great topic to write on. I think, I don't know why someone has not written a book on it yet, but yeah, it's really great. I think it will be a... Thank you. It will be New York Times bestseller for, for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gassing me up. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what's the meaning of love for you? It's a very deep question, but uh, what? how would you describe love in your words? Oh my gosh, you're really getting into my soul today, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, my Minnesota accent just came out too. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> it's all the vowels. Um, yeah. you know, love, I think that love is, is one of those things that everyone has yeah. their own interpretation of. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's really beautiful for me, for me. And I, I don't think that that should be discredited because think about like, if you're in a relationship with somebody who is in a relationship with somebody else, they bring mm. that, those fears, that experience into this next relationship and vice versa. Then you yeah. have people who've never had relationships or they're marrying people that they just met. That happens all over, you know, not only yeah. in India, but in other countries. Like it's a, it's a spectrum of things. And I, and I think for me and in my experience, it's really been a path of self-discovery, not only in what somebody means to me, but what an I want to mean to somebody else. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? And that. and that ability to truly be yourself both ways. And I know that that's kind of cliche, but yeah. that, that bearing yourself raw, you know, we were talking about it with snuggling, is, is something that I find very, very special. Mm-hmm. I think getting comfortable with someone kind of like uh, getting putting your guards down so yeah that's yeah, yeah it's scary isn't it yeah it is scary but uh, it's it's good to uh, in case it works out so yeah even but you know what though even if it doesn't work out I think it's equally important I think that taking the leap itself says more about you as a person that you're willing to believe in something fantastic for yourself because everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves that person to shine light on them. Yeah. And like, like we said before, chaos is inevitable, right? So yeah. there are going to be times where it doesn't work out, but it's a lesson. It's something that you needed to go through. I'm a firm believer of it. Yeah, that's true. I think it was a great answer for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, <the>, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the most fascinating thing for me about a week in your life is, is Megan Milt. So first of all, how did you come up with this and what's the purpose behind this? I absorb people. Um, oh. I'm an extremely like enthusiastic, excitable person. I just, <laughs> I let, like even just, you know, Keshav talking to you here today, right? Like I, it's about connecting with you and like the fact yeah. that you're asking me these really personal questions. Like I'm honored that you find me interesting enough to take the time to get to know me. Like, thank yeah, you for yeah. that. You know, welcome. Yeah. Um, I I really think that that's special, and 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 I don't take it for granted. And I think that 
those are the kinds of connections that I want to make that mean something to me. These connections, this curiousness in me, I take it very seriously and it's fun for me and it helps me learn about myself and learn about the world. And I don't know, um, I think for me that emotional like recharge really helps me operate that world that way in the world because I do give so much of myself and I absorb so much from others and it allows me to take care of myself for a day um, Mm, instead of worrying so much about um, this this excitableness because oh I go from like zero to a hundred like if we're in a brainstorm or something and I get excited oh my gosh I can't even (laughs) turn it off I get so hyped up. My, I just, uh, I, I just genuinely get so excited. <laughs> yeah, that happens with me as well. I don't know why. Uh, it's like that insane amount uh, amount of energy coming up at one particular time, and then after, then taking a break to you know, wind down and all those stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think taking a break is something that I've naturally struggled with I don't prioritize yeah, same, like same. mind space time for myself because I give it so much to others because I'm genuinely fascinated by by other people right so then when I've learned to just carve out that that mind space time for myself I've actually I think it's calmed me down a little bit and it's definitely allowed me to be less yo-yo-y with that excitement it's allowed <laughs> me to you know to to have some semblance of calm and control but yeah i tell you what i don't know (laughs) so when we feel like eating we start eating but when we are talking about breaks we tend to reach an extent that when we are burnt out then only we take breaks and not uh, at the point when we when we are supposed to so i think i feel that I feel that. Um, do you feel like that in your day to day as well? Like you feel burned out a lot. I think it's normal. Yeah, it happens to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think especially like some... think about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say, like, think about the Zoom world that we've all lived in. Like, I think it's yeah. just forced the the dichotomy between the real world and the virtual world. I mean, there's a virtual self personified for you right and think about like do you sit do you ever sit on zoom meetings all day for work yeah i do same you in in our history it's not like you just sit and stare at people's faces this much and talk to them in their face i mean you're just looking at people's faces and you're talking to them i mean i've had more intimate conversations with coworkers and even just like people i'm just meeting like for a meeting (laughs) like even just this i mean think about how deep of a conversation we're having here today yeah it has it's really put a microscope on emotions you know (laughs) yeah it's intense this new world that we're living is intense yeah for sure i think uh, covid has changed a lot of things in both in a good way and in a bad way too because screen times are you know all time high so you need to have a megan melt day then (laughs) (laughs) i'll try to come up with a good name for sure (laughs) something to casey casey daisy no no i got it I got it. I got it. Keep away yeah. Kashav Day. Keep away Kashav Day. Boom. Done. Yeah. <laughs> it even rhymes. I feel like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's so good. So, no, this was a really great answer and the best conversation for on the show for sure. And I think it is the best way we can end this season as well. So. Oh. 
Oh, I didn't realize it was the end of your season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> so now we'll be, uh, there'll be uh, nine questions. It'll be a rapid fire in which I'll ask you nine questions. And you have to answer each question in 10 seconds. Okay? Ah, okay. Great, great. So let's start. So when was the last time you lied? Um, I think sometimes I do white lies a lot. Um, a lot of uh, people will confide in me. And if people ask me if somebody said something about them, I just play dumb because I, it's, it's not about me and I don't want to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good answer that you have not lied in this episode. <laughs> ah, ah, oh, that would have been a good answer. <laughs> yeah. So what's a secret you've never told anyone? I think one time when I was younger, um, yeah. a friend of mine stole something on a school trip uh-huh. and it, and then it, it like really like devastated me to my core. I was like 12 and, uh-huh. um, we took, it was a pair of sunglasses on a school trip and we took it and we like cried and we buried it in the sand, like, like annoying high school teenagers do, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it was like this whole, it was this whole thing. And then we never stole after that because we felt so devastated that we were that nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did he do this to you? That, that's so bad. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's just, you know, girls being girls, figuring out life. That's all it was, you know? <laughs> Little uh, Megan. So oh, what's, yeah. What's one thing you wish people knew about you? Ooh. I... Oh, you're blanking on that now. I think, <laughs> uh... I think that one of the things that I wish they know is that what I know, like... I have this like deep sense that I'm going to do something pretty awesome with my life and it might not be awesome to other people, but it'll be awesome for me. And I, I feel like I'm on the cusp of it Mm. and I don't, I know that that's super broad and it means nothing, but I don't know, maybe someday we'll listen to this again and be like, you were right, Megan. I don't know, but you ever have this feeling that you just know something's around the corner? Yeah, I, I actually do. A lot of times, and I don't know why it is, but this is a this is a great feeling to have for sure. That. Yeah, I feel kind of like a loco saying it out loud, but I it just I, I really truly feel it in my bones, and even if something doesn't happen, I I can live with the fact that I'm I'm doing it to the fullest, and I'm okay with that, yeah. and that's being that's com- a really nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah, being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's a good feeling. For sure. So the best piece of advice you have been given? Two words. Just yeah. ask. <laughs> That's what I... I think yeah. that... Yeah. Uh, I, um, so this is something my boyfriend, Mateen, said to me. He was like, you know, because he, sometimes he has these really difficult uh, like orders at restaurants and stuff. And like my, yeah. my first nature is like, oh, don't be difficult. Like just get what's on the, the menu. But I tell you what, 100% of the time he gets it the way he wants. And that can be applied and true for anything in your life. You want that job? You want the promotion? Go ask. What's the worst that's going to happen? They say no. Actually, statistically, you have a 60% chance of getting a yes if you ask and a 0% chance of getting a yes if you don't ask. So that's where mathematics comes in real life. (laughs) Yes. So, and and I tell you what, I have gotten my way a lot more in life just because I've been authentic. I've been true to myself and I've raised my hand and I've asked. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the best thing about me as well, that I, I ask a lot of questions. 
like a lot so yeah i love it so don't shy away from it <laughs> never never so your life in one line fabulous boss lady extraordinaire <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like katie karat coming in now yeah i i got to tell you i just you know and i i don't mean this from like a vain sense of self i just mean it from like a genuine place of acceptance and love yeah. and excitedness to be who i am you know yeah, yeah. that that's very cool so what is your Thank most you. beautiful memory i have so many of them um yeah. and i i think that one of my most beautiful memories is when i was in bali with my brother my brother's a couple years younger than me yeah. he's a geologist he spent some time Ooh. in iraq as well being a geologist like he's a he's like in a very interest he's a whole other person uh, i think yeah. you would love talking to him but we <laughs> uh, we hiked up a volcano in bali together for like Ooh. a whole day and we yeah. saw the sunrise together and like i think that journey was just so incredibly special for us as siblings and yeah. um yeah i'll cherish it forever i really mm-hmm. will that's a great great memory for sure so which person do you look up to the most i'll have to say my my boyfriend um yeah. i know that that's cliche but he is just truly uh, such a fantastic positive self-aware beautiful soul yeah i think that that's great so if you had not been in marketing what would you what would you be doing now i would be a news anchor uh, i would have been a news anchor and i would have you know I, i've seen the state of media now a days yeah. and like the war that the united states has gone against the media you know like <laughs> i think yeah. that i think that it's just a it's a crazy industry I, i think that it's an important industry i think that a certain sense of checks and balances makes a lot of sense because yeah. too much of one thing or another is not a good thing either yeah that that's so true so on a scale of 1 to 10 with 1 being the lowest how will you rate this conversation um usually when people ask me this class question i usually yeah. just say glitter <laughs> <laughs> okay. and they're like but that doesn't answer the question and i'm like yeah but glitter is fantastic which is greater than 10 so <laughs> oh yeah thanks lord for the same <laughs> this is the best way we can end the season for sure i think there is no well, better you. way for that so thanks lord for know, yeah yeah i think like we like we, we established earlier time is precious Yeah. And I'm I'm really honored that you found value in spending it with me. So yeah. thank you. Thanks a lot for being on the show Megan. It was really great talking to you. Have Likewise. a great day. Thanks. Thanks for your openness. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you all had a great time. 9 degrees exploring new angles also we'd love to hear from you do drop us a review and follow us on instagram at @rate9 degrees official and yeah do subscribe on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen till then stay tuned cheers